Hello from Ellensburg, Washington, USA. This is the Nick Zentner Geology Podcast, Episode 75, The North Cascades Highway. Thanks for listening. Well, it's just me and Bijou the cat down here in the basement. Early Friday morning. Liz is off to school. Thought I'd record one of these before uh, I head to school. So school's back in session. Uh, lots of life on campus. Uh, it's one of those where you you don't really think about it a whole lot, and then when it when you kindly have every what, and when you finally have everybody kind of walking around, it 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 feels great. And it's a special time of the year anyway, under normal circumstances. But since we continue to try to claw our way out of this weird pandemic situation that still continues, but let's not go there. Uh, it does feel great. Um, so uh, that part of my life is back and uh, functioning, and um, uh, I enjoy that still after many, many decades of teaching. Uh, but today I'd like to report on a recent trip that I kind of squeezed in earlier this week on Monday and Tuesday. I saw that the weather forecast was excellent. I saw that the air quality is clear. The wildfire smoke is essentially done. Hope I didn't just jinx it, but essentially done for the year. And so I thought, you know what? I need to get up to that North Cascades Highway. I want to drive the whole thing. And Monday, I want to drive Highway 20, the North Cascades Highway, up and over the uh, mountains in northern Washington. I want to drive it uh, east to west on Monday, and I want to drive it west to east on Tuesday. And that's precisely what I did. Filmed a video, posted it uh, a couple days ago. It's called Washington Pass Granite. Uh, some good stuff in there, I think. So hopefully you'll find that if you have an interest. But I want to add to my report uh, in this uh, radio format. And uh, a couple of quick preambles before I get to that, however, as is the format, apparently. <laughs> I always seem to throw in a couple of stray thoughts here and there. It's like, wait a minute, I thought you just did. How about that school thing? Yeah, that's preamble number one. You keeping track? Get your pencil out now. I've been hearing from folks who have geology programs in different forms. And the emails, so in other words, in addition to the kind of, you know, viewer emails and, and uh, you know, here's something that you maybe don't know about and uh, or some personal stuff. Um, starting to hear a little bit about fellow geology, what do you call them? Uh, people who have geology uh, outlets. And uh, I'd, I'd like to share two of those with you today. First of all, uh, there's a guy named Oliver Strimple. Have you heard of him? Oliver Strimple. And he has a podcast called Geology Bites. And it's on my phone. I listen on occasion. And I've grown to like Oliver and how he operates. Uh, he's a Brit. Uh, it's kind of an understated uh, tone to him. Uh, There's no screwing around. Like, he gets right into it. Love that. And it's kind of scripted, which for me is, is kind of an off-putting thing. But I've, I've grown to like the style. And I heard out of the blue from Oliver earlier this week, and uh, w without um, 
violating too much here, Oliver, if you hear this. <laughs> I want to read just a little bit of what you what you sent to me, and, and we've gone back and forth a little bit this week. Hi, Nick. I've been following you for a while. I really enjoy watching many of your videos on YouTube. You are incredibly prolific. So I don't usually, re, you know, report uh, nice things that people say, but um, that one kind of stuck for me. Prolific. I haven't heard anybody kind of say that about what I'm doing. It's a very nice, very nice uh, phrase. Uh, so thank you, Oliver. He goes on, I launched a podcast a year ago in which I interviewed geology researchers around the world. I wonder if you've heard of it. I'm contacting you because I think many of your followers might also enjoy these podcasts. If you agree, would you consider bringing it to their attention somehow? Uh, all the best, Oliver. So basically, we've gone back and forth. I say, what, what is your story, Oliver? Uh, I do enjoy your, your, your podcast. And I recently listened. This is me talking to Oliver now. I recently, well, why not? I'll read what I said. Oliver, after dinner this evening, I took a long walk and listened to your latest episode with Dow. Oh, boy. Don't have his last name. Um, wow, one of your best. I liked how he loosened up as the interview went along, and your questions are always precise, direct, and well-timed. I can't help but ask, are we listening to unedited conversations with these episodes, or do you edit and script portions of the chats? Because again, I mean, everything. There's not one wasted word in those things. They, I know, I know uh, Oliver's British, but come on, now you, you, there's not one uh or huh or I can't find my notes, which is a hallmark of what I'm doing here, obviously. Um, and I really enjoyed uh, the the um, the geologist from uh, Utrecht uh, in the Netherlands. Uh, can't can't find his last name. Sorry. Uh, and I'll, 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 I'll finish with Oliver's reply yesterday, um, some of it. Yeah, Nick, I do edit these conversations both to cut chunks of material out to keep the length down, but also to make the speaker more compact and reduce repetition. I also sometimes re-record my questions. I thought so. That's me. Uh, to try to explain implicitly or explicitly vocabulary or arguments the speaker may have used that I think listeners might not understand. I have an initial conversation or two with each speaker beforehand, and then I draft a set of questions. Okay, back and forth. And then I ask for just a little bit of backstory on Oliver, and he says, Yeah, I live just north of Boston. We moved here in 1984 when I was invited to set up the Computer Museum. I had previously been at the Science Museum in London. Uh, and then there's there's other stuff there too. So so basically, uh, Oliver kind of cranked this podcast called Geology Bites. I, I really do enjoy it. I gotta say, depending on the guest, sometimes the guest is just so freaking dry that I I lose interest. I gotta say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Oliver. But this most recent episode, oh god dang it! Now why didn't I look that up first? Hang on, let me get on my phone quick. Uh, Bijou's. Uh, distracting me besides uh boy. geology bites okay the episode that i strongly recommend you listen to is uh dow van hinsbergen on what drives the motions of tectonic plates uh and 
I just love that interview, and and uh, I'll I'll let it speak for itself. But it's basically uh, uh, new data that Dow is sharing, uh, and Oliver asks some beautiful questions, beautifully timed questions, and just kind of keep things going along, edited or not. It's 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 really worth a listen. And they're talking about the mantle, man. I was like, are we really sure that the mantle is convecting, as is in all the textbooks since 1970? I'll let the episode work on its own, but boy, highly recommend Geology Bites by Oliver Strimple. Also, I'll just toss in quickly, I've also heard from Sean Wilsey uh, in southern Idaho, who has a YouTube channel, and he's also been a co-author on uh, a couple of roadside books, or uh, southern Idaho geology books uh, that I've been recommending recently. So I, I'm not a shill guy, you know, I'm not one who's trying to, you know, encourage you to look at this and look at that and read this and read that. I, I don't think that's really my place necessarily. Um, but uh, Sean also emailed me and, and kind of just said, hey, you know, we're both doing the same thing. I, I, I think your folks might be interested in mine, uh, in my work. So Sean Wilsey, uh, S-H-A-W-N. Last word, uh, last name, oh boy, Sean Wilsey. Uh, Daddy, you could have prepared for this. I have a laptop, hang on. Oh boy, this is, this is, uh, this is good stuff. Uh, last name of Sean, uh, W-I-L-L-S-E-Y. So if you find Sean Wilsey's YouTube channel, uh, he does have some, some good, short, Idaho-based uh, field videos. And... Um, I'm not going to read you Sean's email, but uh, there's another tip for you. Okay, onward to the uh, report of the North Cascades Highway. I know many of you listen from uh, distant lands, so let me try to describe very briefly where we are speaking of. What? Uh, okay, so I live in almost the exact center of Washington, Ellensburg. You've heard of that. I've talked about Ellensburg a fair amount. Uh, if we go north from Ellensburg, we go up and over Blewett Pass, we go through Wenatchee, now we find the Columbia River, which is flowing uh, straight south, by the way. So let's follow the Columbia River as we drive north. We're driving upstream, in other words. We get to Chelan, we continue north, we get to Pateros, and now we leave the Columbia River, and uh, we're in hour three now of our drive. Uh, and and pretty much at the three-hour drive mark from Ellensburg, we get to a town called Winthrop. So we're in the Metau uh, River Valley and little towns of... Well, I've talked about this before, I think, with you. Uh, let's just go ahead. Uh, so Winthrop and Twisp uh, and Mazama are, are, are destination places now, especially in winter, it feels like. People go cross-country skiing there, at least on our side of the mountains. But if you continue west from Mazama, little town of Mazama, uh, we're following Washington State Route 20, and we're about to go up and over the Cascades on the North Cascades Highway. So let me try it a different way. If you look at Washington, uh, some might be surprised that not all of the state of Washington is wet like Seattle is. Uh, there's the western Washington scene. 
which has most of our population and is very um, moist, especially during the winter months. Uh, but on the east side of the state of Washington, it's a desert. Uh, Ellensburg has less than 10 inches of rain per year or precipitation per year. And so there's this classic rain shadow effect between wa western Washington and eastern Washington. And the reason is we have this dominant mountain range called the Cascades. Well, there's just a few places to drive up and over the Cascades. The most obvious way to cross is on Interstate 90 between Ellensburg and Seattle, uh, and that's Snoqualmie Pass. Uh, to the south of that, there's another mountain pass called White Pass. That's US 12 going between Yakima and, uh, I don't know, what's over there, like uh, Longview, Kelso, I guess. Uh, if we go north of Snoqualmie Pass, uh, there's another U.S. route, U.S. 2, that's Stevens Pass, going between Wenatchee and Everett. But there is one more road that crosses the Cascades, but it's in northern Washington. It's not an interstate. It's not a U.S. highway. It's just a state Route 20. That's the topic of our podcast episode, the North Cascades Highway, uh, earlier called the North Cross Highway. And it's new. That road, that North Cascades Highway, opened in 1972. And even now, in 2021, uh, they don't keep it open year-round. I think it's like November to, I don't know, November to April or something. It's just like too much snow. We're not, we're not even going to keep the road open. So that's kind of cool. And as I mentioned a couple episodes back, uh, the dream team of Mike Eddy and Bob Miller and Stacia Gordon uh, have plans and had plans, past tense, this past summer to do a bunch of work on the North Cascades Highway. I'll just say Highway 20 from this point on, you know, now that you know that's the topic. But it was closed not because of snow this summer, but it was closed because of uh, fires. So the fires are done. The, the air was the, the weather was just perfect on Monday and Tuesday. So my report. Okay, so I, I leave Ellensburg Monday morning, 8 o'clock. I get up to Winthrop, uh, screw around and twisp and Winthrop a little bit, looking for places that have cell coverage because next summer I'm hoping to do some live events with the Dream Team. Um, I'm not sure where. Maybe Winthrop, have an idea of where to go, like the Red Barn area might be good. Uh, Twisp, there's this kind of groovy little spot, uh, Twisp Works, which was brand new to me, but it's a little plaza with little food trucks and brewery and everything, so that, that might be kind of a fun place to hold an event. Uh, maybe I'll just do it myself, or maybe I'll do it with the Dream Team, or maybe both. So that was part of the mission on Monday and Tuesday was just to kind of look for possible sites that I could uh, have some live events. But as I mentioned in the video that I posted the other day, it's embarrassing. I've been up and over Washington Pass, I think, twice. And I was with young kids and whatever, and we're, you know, just dealing with life. <laughs> so it was my really my first time to really stop and look around and and again, the conditions were ideal. So I started filming, uh, following the roadside geology book of uh, Marley Miller and Daryl Cowan, stopped at an outcrop of some golden horn batholith, uh, shared that with the video uh, viewers, uh, filming as I go. 
it is a beautiful 48 million year old granite and I mean it is a beautiful granite the most perfect looking granite that I've ever seen I did grab some samples and brought them back to our geology 101 lab um, why I had not been up there before don't ask me okay I don't have a good answer Okay, I have an answer. It's too far away, man. It's not It's not an easy day. I, got, I had to spend the night up there, and that's kind of the mind frame I'm going to have to have. Like if I want to keep coming back up to the North Cascades Highway, and I do for a bunch of reasons, it's just got to be a two-day thing for me. I can't, I can't just drive up there. It's three and a half hours to Washington Pass from my town, and then another three and a half hours back. So, you know, brought my tent. Had my little my little bed roll, little my my Snickers bars, and I was I was ready to roll. Okay, um, you're like, give me some geology, man. Well, I don't know if this one's full of geology or not. It's just a report on uh, sharing um, what I should have known long ago about this highway and about these landmarks and why you might want to get up there if you're in Washington. Uh, Maybe we've got another couple of weeks of really good weather. Maybe. Get yourself up there, man, if you haven't. It is, it's outstanding. So the hallmark and the place I was most excited by is Washington Pass. It's the high point. It's where you cross over from the dry east side to the wet west side. And Liberty Bell... I had heard of, in fact, I'd heard of Liberty Bell High School, a bunch of students, uh, former students from Liberty Bell High School. I guess that's, is that in Win Winthrop area? It must be. Um, but there is a landmark looming over Washington Pass. I mean, the pass is impressive. I, I don't know what the elevation is. Over 4,000 feet, probably. Uh, and when they opened this highway in the early 70s, they built this gorgeous overview. I mean, it's, 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 it's not super fancy. Um, there's no big visitor center or anything, which is fine by me. But the little trail that they put in, the little railing they put in, the, 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 it was, it was a, what struck me was a million dollar view, not much effort to get to this million dollar view. So even those of you who are feeling like you, you can't do much hiking anymore, you can't get around much for whatever reason, this is a, a very short walk, five-minute walk from your car, and you can get a view that you would normally get only when you are, you know, huffing and puffing for hours to get to a certain vantage point. Now, if you are a backcountry person, you're like, this is ridiculous. Why doesn't this guy tell people to get out on the trails and, you know, get pure experiences? Well, well, you know, many folks are just not able to do that anymore, or maybe never were, for whatever reason. So just the accessibility of this rather impressive mountain experience with minimal physical exertion, um, I, I wanted to share that. Now, I'm, I'm newly interested in the golden horn batholith, the golden horn pluton. Okay, are we going to continue this email fumbling here this morning? I think I am. Daddy's feeling uh, impulsive. Um, I was reading from a uh, just a general book about North Cascades Highway in the video, and I mentioned some names of some brand new minerals that I had never heard of. 
uh, that were discovered in that area. And I got an email uh, from, oh boy, I guess I shouldn't, well, I have to share your name, Jack. I hope you're okay. I got an email from a guy named Jack Zetzker. And the only reason I mention his name is because there's a mineral called Zetzkerite. (laughs) And I had been hearing from Jack by email a little bit over the last few years about, you know, what I've been doing. Um, But somebody else said, you got to look up Jack Zetzker because he, uh, he discovered this mineral in the Golden Horn Pluton that you're featuring. And it's not like I found a hand sample with Zetzkerite. Maybe I did, but I didn't know what I was looking at. Basically, a little bit of back and forth email with Jack yesterday, and I basically said, hey, Jack, what's your story? Is it possible to email me a paragraph on how, why, when you discovered uh, your new mineral and had it named after you? I'll read it to you. Nick, the first sample of Zetzkerite was found by Bert Cannon in 1966 in the Willow Creek Basin. I don't know where that is. Both Bart and I thought at the time it was a specimen of alkali barrel. And during the Labor Day weekend of 1975, Gene Russell and I went up a gully on the hairpin side of Kangaroo Ridge. Now, I have since learned, since I filmed the video, I've learned that some of those snow-dusted peaks uh, just to the east of Washington Pass, it's called Kangaroo Ridge. I'm getting sidetracked on Washington Pass, but we'll move on and continue our drive. Uh, but this really is the centerpiece of, of my North Cascades Highway um, exploration, shall we say, uh, earlier this week. I went. Uh, Gene and I went up a gully on the hairpin side of Kangaroo Ridge, okay, and now I know where that is, where I found a really large boulder with a vug at the bottom with a tuft of grass growing out of it. <laughs> I found four crystals of the mineral, and it was clear that it was not beryl. Let me finish the email, and then I'll make a couple comments. I thought that it was, oh boy, betrandite. Betrandite, but viewed this idea with skepticism. I had Bart run X-ray powder diffraction with the result that Bart reported that the pattern did not match anything in the ASTM file. Okay, Jack, I don't know what you're talking about now, but I'll continue. In In November of 1975, Pete Dunn had an article in the Mineralogical Record titles, uh, the title of the article, So You Think You Have a New Mineral. <laughs> I sent him a letter describing what I knew of the material, and he requested a sample. The composition is a sodium-lithium-zirconium silicate. Pete Dunn published the description in the American Mineralog- Mineral- Mineralogist in 1977. See the Wikipedia article for which I claim responsibility. The naming was b- done by Pete Dunn with my consent which the International Mineralogical Association required. Okay, so Jack, if you hear this, I hope you're okay with me sharing that uh, paragraph with everybody. My point is, this golden horn pluton has got some freakish mineralogy inside of it. Some vugs, some openings, some, and, and Mike Eddy, uh, do I need to go back and do that again? I don't think so. Mike Eddy, Stacia Gordon, Bob Miller, that's the dream team that I was reporting on earlier this summer. And Mike uh, 
is continuing to work with different plutons and getting brand new chemistry on the plutons, ages of the plutons, and he's more than just an igneous uh, chemist. Uh, Mike Eddy, I'm talking about at Purdue University. He's 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 so versatile, and I have high hopes. More than that, I have plans. You know, he's just so good that I know that he will be cranking out some amazing papers in the North Cask on the North Cascades topics, and he's coming at it from a Pluton angle. He's already published on the Golden Horn, and he's got a brand new student. I rewatched that Dream Team video I did earlier this summer since being in the North Cascades Highway. Uh, he's got a new student going to be doing the same kind of detail on the Cooper Mountain Batholith or the Cooper Mountain Pluton. Uh, so the, 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 um, the exciting thing of Washington Pass on the North Cascades Highway is an, an intimate look at the Golden Horn Pluton, 48 million years old, an Eocene Pluton, a chalice magma, man. That plugs right into what we were talking about earlier this spring. But it's not like you got to hike for seven hours to get to the Golden Horn. You drive right through the frickin' thing. I mean, they blasted an amazing amount of that granite away to get that road in there all through the 1960s and the early 70s. I'm not much of a, you know, the power of man kind of a guy. And by the way, I'll, I'll comment on that a little bit as we go west on the highway. But I, I was impressed with that road and, and how they put it in and... Yeah, okay, we'll leave that. So I'm still on Monday now, noon, I'm, I'm screwing around, I'm filming a little bit. The weather is ideal, as I've already mentioned. Uh, I got a tip on how to uh, do a little trail that's kind of unmarked and unsigned, but there was so much water on the bushes because the previous, last weekend had a lot of rain, which is, I think, in part why the skies were so clear. And... Um, so I boarded that uh, that trail because I was totally soaked from the waist down uh, after, like, whatever, 15 minutes of hiking. Got back in the car, <clears throat> continued west, excuse me, <clears throat> continued west now, uh, away from Washington Pass, went over Rainy Pass. That's where the Pacific Crest Trail is kind of intersecting uh, the highway. Uh, very popular area, you know, it's afternoon now, so trailheads are full of cars. Just kept driving. Stop at viewpoints here and there. It's in North Cascades National Park, but it's a little bit odd because I think the highway itself is not technically National Park, but it's National Recreation, whatever. I'm not sure it matters, except, um, yeah, I'm not sure it matters. Ross Lake. Don't know that much about it. There's an interesting glacial story there, kind of a stream capture and a reversal of the drainage based on where the ice sheet was. <clears throat> I'll leave that for another day. God darn it, why does my voice clog up as soon as I'm talking to you down here? My apologies. Okay, now we continue to Diablo Dam. There's like three or four big dams in that area. So this is the downer for me. I don't want to hit it too hard. But if we're in the western part of North Cascades, what, recreation area? Basically on the North Cascades Highway, there's freaking power lines in the valley and big dams. And so there's reservoirs in this area. And you're like, yeah. 
That's, welcome to the 21st century. We need power. What's your problem? Well, you know, I'm not going to hit it too hard, but like it took away from my enjoyment of the western part of that park. <laughs> just, just as a, just as a viewer, just as a visitor, I couldn't, I couldn't ignore those power lines. It's my, it's my hang-up, I guess. Still looking for some, uh, some live uh, event locations with or without the Dream Team. Uh, exited at Diablo Dam. Across the dam, kind of interesting to drive across the top of this old dam. I guess it's old. I'm not even sure I didn't get a date there. I found the North Cascades Institute, I think it's called. Uh, beautiful little campus there, a learning facility. Uh, you, can, you can stay there. You can host a talk there, a little outdoor amphitheater. So that's promising for a place to give a talk. Bob Miller suggested I look into that. Got back to the highway, continued west. Now I'm starting to get hungry, looking for a campground or someplace to, to, to lay my head for the night. Just kept going, just kept going. Left the park, went down through, what's it called, New Wayland? Is that how to pronounce it? A, a totally artificial town, like uh, where the power, the Seattle power people or the whatever, the electric, the hydroelectric uh, dam uh, people are operating or home base, or whatever we're talking. That was all new to me. Didn't expect that. You know, I did stop and film a little bit of the Skagit Nice, which was beautiful, but my microphone wasn't working properly, so I'm not even sure I'm going to post that. I might, but probably not. Uh, just continued. Rest of Monday, I just kept driving. Marble Mount, never really been in there. Kind of interesting little spot. Across the Straight Creek Fault. Talked about that earlier in, in the podcast series. Okay, now I'm just babbling. But my point is I went all the way down to uh, the Puget Lowland. I wanted that full experience of going from the dry east side on Highway 20 all the way over to, you know, uh, civilization uh, down there, Cedro Woolley and everything else. So I found a place to uh, pitch my tent along, uh, what stream was that? Was it the Skagit? I guess the Skagit. Um, got up the next morning, drove back, and was thinking I might hike here and there. I might go find a couple interesting little day hike spots. But I, as it, that morning was so perfect, Tuesday morning of this week, and the sun was so nice and warm, and there was you know fog kind of uh, dissipating a little bit, uh, hung in, in some of those narrow valleys on the west side. I just thought, no, I'm going to bust right back up to Washington Pass. So I got back up there. I filmed some more. And, and, and from that kind of morning sun view, the Liberty Rock, excuse me, the Liberty Bell area was, was just shining as it was not the previous afternoon. So I was very happy with the video that I captured uh, earlier this week. And if you haven't seen many of the videos, maybe that's worth one. Uh, that Maybe that's a reason for you to, to find my YouTube channel, just to watch that Washington Pass Granite episode. It's long. It's 45 minutes long. Uh, I was very pleased about that. By the way, I'm meeting with uh, the PBS producers today to talk about a future of the PBS TV show we've had for the last few years called Nick on the Rocks. And they've already emailed me a little bit about working with this person and 
uh, this, 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 oh, this, this, this audio person is excellent, and this video person is excellent, and we'll have a distribution, whatever. And I don't know, maybe they'll talk me into it, but I'm, I, I'm planning to say, hey, watch this Washington Pass granite video that I just shot. It's just me. I don't know how interested I am about starting to like work with the whole production team again. I got to say, I know I, I sound like I'm full of myself, but I'm doing what I want to do without any collaboration, without any coordination, without any high maintenance person who needs this and that. And I need to make sure that I have, it's just so much wasted effort. If I can just do it all myself, you know, I'm not going to have professional editing. I'm not going to have the sweeping music. I'm not going to have even drone stuff, which which clearly was a, a a sexy part of the. I'm talking about Nick on the Rocks programs. But I'm having such a good time doing all this stuff myself that I'm kind of reluctant to go back to the old ways of these full productions. I I don't know. Just thought I'd share that. I don't know why. So we're at the 32-minute mark. Let me wrap up. I think many people in this state are unaware of the North Cascades Highway. It's not a major thoroughfare. There aren't huge cities on either side. And again, this pass is closed every winter. But if you catch it, like right now, maybe this is the prime time now that I think about it. Like if you drive, if you drive North Cascades Highway in, after they open it in, let's say, May, there's so much snow up there, I'm not sure you're seeing much. So I guess I've had this, I'm having this thought right now. I think right now is the time to visit the North Cascades Highway. The North Cascades Highway. I think, I think we're in it right now. So check the weather. If you live within a day's drive of the North Cascades Highway, uh, forget about the larches and all the colors and all that. You know, I don't care about that. Maybe you do. And maybe that's a reason not to go because what, what is with this larch thing? People obsessed with these golden larches. Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, my God. I get it. I get it. It's beautiful, but aren't there other reasons to be impressed by an area besides hunting these large? Anyway, I, I follow lots of folks on social media, and I get sick of these freaking larch photos. Oh, man. Grumpy. So if you can stay away from the large people, just go out and enjoy all these little opportunities to do these little day hikes, or even if you just want to drive, just a nice drive. I think the North Cascades Highway is for you. I think that's the end of this one. Back to school mode. Off to school I go. Uh, I am going to be live streaming uh, this winter. I'm going to start in November. I announced that on this most recent video. I still haven't picked the exact dates, but we'll be doing two new Eocene live streams per week, and I hope that you can join us if you have an interest. More coming uh, with the details on the new Eocene A to Z live stream series uh, coming uh, in the next few weeks. Thank you for listening to this episode. I appreciate your time. I love you.
and goodbye.